Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Thank you for coming today. It's good to have you with us. And we're going to share in uh, what we call our communion service this morning, a little bit later on. And I just want you to know, if you're here today, you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. You are part of the church, the body of Christ. You are welcome to share in this with us. This is not just for members of our church. This is for Christians, the, the universal church, the body of Christ. And if you're not a part of that church, as always, we invite you to become a part of the church, the body of Christ, to know Jesus Christ is your Savior. The cross behind me is a reminder that he died on the cross to paid for our sins, open the way for salvation, for forgiveness for sins, for redemption, and have a lifelong and eternal relationship with God as your Father. Jesus Christ is your Savior to have the Holy Spirit dwell within it is a free gift for you, and you can receive it anytime in any place. And I invite you today, while we're here this morning, why not receive Christ as your Savior and join us as we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Father, as we open your word for a few moments, and as we share communion together, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be with us in a very special way. We pray, Lord, for each person here today. We thank you that they have come to share the fellowship, to worship, to learn together to serve together, and be a part of sharing the gospel. It's a wonderful privilege that we humbly accept as your family. In Christ's name we pray. As was mentioned, we are beginning today to our 50 foundational verses, and our goal is to really emphasize for the next several weeks and then throughout the year that you would take time and memorize one verse a week. And uh, do this together with uh, somebody else. If you're here with your family, with your friends, somebody you know, you could call on the phone and say, hey, what did you think about that verse this week? If you memorize this verse, stop each other and say, hey, let's, let's say it together. These are 50 foundational verses. And this morning our verse was part of our scripture reading. And maybe you could put it up there for me. Psalm 139.8. The first couple of verses are actually quite simple. By the time you leave today, you'll probably have this memorized, right? And you'll be off to a good start. Also in the back... And then Arthex back there, on the table that's back in that corner, and then on the visitor table that's over more on this corner, we have little sets of cards about this big. I meant to bring one up with me, and I've, uh, I'll get one of the ushers to wave one out there a little bit later on. There we go. Thank you, Christy. See you there? There it is. Hi, right, Christy. You're the first one to get the packet of cards. Hallelujah. Good for you. And uh, they are colored, just to help you. There are different colors in them. And there's a card for each day and uh, has a reference on one side, has a scripture. You can memorize it. You can put it up, uh, take it with you, put it in your wallet or your purse, put it in the car and uh, use those. We'll make them. If we need more, we'll print more. Uh, please take a pack at home and share with us. Today's verse, Psalm 139.8 for this week. And we're going to talk about this verse for a few minutes, but we are going to have communion together today, of course. If I go to the heavens, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Some of the translations in earlier English will have the word shale, S-H-E-O-L, sheol or shale for the depths. And we know that in the, uh, in the Old Testament, that is the, the place of the dead. That is the grave. The idea of the extent from the height, the shemayim, the heavens. It's interesting in the Hebrew, it's one of those words that's always in the dual 
like hands are always dual to heaven. Shemayim is in the dual. They're in the heavens. From the heavens to the depths of the grave is sort of the extremity of the earth, the, the, the place of the dead, the depths of the world, the depths you are there. Let me ask you a question. That verse, is that a comfort or a caution? <laughs> is it a comfort or a caution? Well, we read this morning the second half of that passage. And one of the things I want us to do, and I hope you will do this as you memorize these verses, that you will take a couple minutes for each of the verses and look at the context. The context is so important. And this is, this is very valuable. We, we memorize a verse, and it's good to know sort of the context, the story around it. So let's look at Psalm 139. We read the second part of it, and it's a passage that, of course, uh, part of that passage are, are parts that, have, that we know uh, very well. And Psalm 139 we read, I would say, the, basically the, from verse 7 on. Let me get to the right passage here. Psalm 139. And uh, it begins, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. And then we read this very well-known uh, verse, verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Some of you here are knitters. This is the only place we really have this idea connected with the birth. But this idea of you know, knitting. My wife, my wife knits, and uh, I know some of you knit as well. And um, I, I, I look, I just don't even try to get it, you know. Um, and how how that how that works, you know, how intricate and how how it just happens, you know. You you knit it together and, and it's finished. She's teaching my grandchildren to knit, and my granddaughters were here for Christmas. They made a hat. One made a working on a blanket. They made gloves, and uh, it's, it's amazing they can just do that. But the idea of just knit together, you put me together in my mother's womb, a clearly affirmation of life in the womb, right? You knit me together. You created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know this full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in a secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me. All the days ordained for me. King David says, were written in your book before one of them came to be. It's interesting, in the Jewish Publication Society of the, the Bible, they have put out their reference Bible to the, to the Jewish community. And commentaries aside, it noted that one of the Talmudic sages, one of the rabbis, well known, I think, I think it was Rabbi Ben Ezra, he made the comment that, what, what is that book? What is that book that our days were written in? One rabbi suggested that it was a book that God showed to Adam, and everybody's name was written that would ever live was written in there. Rabbi Aben Ezra suggested that the book is the blueprint, the blueprints for our lives. And we are going to share with you next week some, some exciting plans for some remodeling in our church. We've been here for 54 years. And unless the Lord returns, we plan to be here for another 54 years. 
and uh, this is a lot of things happening in our community, in our in our in our neighborhood, and we want to uh, do some updating and things to reach our neighborhood for Jesus Christ. And we're going to share that with you. But obviously, it involves blueprints. We have architects; they understand this. We remodeled the, the restrooms over there to make them accessible and make them up to date in the, other, in the gym, L.A. Peterson Youth Center. But we had to start with blueprints, and those blueprints have to go to the city, and they have to be carefully approved. And when we're finished, it better look like what you appro- what you set out, right? Uh, the blueprints, every detail's on there. Every detail's on there. And this idea that the rabbi says, this maybe God is talking about the blueprints for every life. Well, that's really today with what we know about DNA and genetics, there might be something to that. Maybe that's what that book is. Last Wednesday night, just making conversation like I do as pastor, right? How are you? How's it going? What's new with you? I said to Olga, great. Well, hey, how are you guys doing? Anything new with you guys? Well, of course, she smiled and I knew, oops, I'm, I'm into something here. She was I'm going to hear it for the first time. And they told me this morning, hey, we, you could share this with the church family. It's good news. Uh, Derek and Olga are expecting June 12th, expecting a baby. <clears throat> Which means you're going to be Grandpa Gray. <laughs> In more ways than one, huh? Okay. <laughs> but that's exciting news. The blueprints are already written in God's book. The first breath and the last breath. This passage talks about God's omniscience. We talked about this in our Bible instruction class. For those of you who took confirmation, we call it Bible instruction now for our our teenagers. We talked about this last week. God's omniscience. God knows everything. God is omnipotent. God is all power. All powerful. And we teach that God is omnipresent. He can be everywhere at once and anywhere at once because he is God. And so this psalm begins, verse 2, and it really focuses on the omniscience of God. You know, God knows when I sit up and when I rise. You even perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going, before my thoughts are, before my thoughts are on my tongue, or in my brain, you've seen them from their formation. You already know them. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O oh Lord. God's omniscience, the Lord Jesus Christ, when He was on earth, said that not even a sparrow falls to the ground without your heavenly Father knowing about it. And oftentimes, we, we, in our mind, we're thinking every time a sparrow dies and falls to the ground, God knows about it. But Pastor Schutz, when he was here, would point out to us that in the original language, we could just as easily say, every time a sparrow lights, he would say, every time it lights to the ground, meaning every time it landed on the ground. We were, Teresa and I were walking a couple days ago, and I don't know what was going on, but when, it was just like this, it was almost like a movie. It was like these flocks of sparrows. It was, there was a, a flicker's. Uh, there was a blue jay, not really a blue jay, but a stellar jay. It was like all these different birds just kind of walk, like leading the way for us. I don't know, it was just on 78th Street. It was no big deal between Finney and, day, and uh, Finney and whatever, you know. Just leading the way. Watching these birds light every place they go. And uh, I'm not sure where they were going, <laughs> but they were going. Every time a bird lands, they, God knows it. How? How is that? How is that? That God knows 
I mean, think of all the birds just in shoreline. How many have landed since we've sat here this morning? God knows it. He knows the very head, hairs on your head. He knows when you stand, when you sit. God knows everything. He is omniscient. Verse 5, you hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. That's an interesting Hebrew phrase. You've put your hand upon me. David says, God, your hand is pressing on me. Not only do you know me, your hand is on me. Your hand is on my life. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too lofty for me. Now look at this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where could I flee from your presence? So this is why I ask you, is this, is this all comfort or is this caution? Is this accountability as well? If I decided to get away from God, where, I want to, this idea of flee has this idea of getting away. If I wanted to get away from God, where would I go? If I want to go from your spirit, if I want to flee from your presence, where would I go? If I go up to the heavens, we'll just say up. We could say north. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I go south, if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. I can't get away from you, God, even if I wanted to flee from you. You know, it, this is a good thing. I mean, I think about my life. What would my life be like if there was no accountability? What if I were completely free to do anything I wanted without consequence and no accountability by anybody and by God? Would that be a good thing? We had basketball here yesterday, and I asked the kids, would it be good to play basketball without any rules? It'd be chaos. And it, Frank, this is a good thing. This is a good reminder that, yes, God knows everything about us. And it's, it's, a good, it's good to be reminded, wherever I go this week, whatever I'm looking at, whatever I'm thinking, whatever I'm doing, God is there. I need to remember that. That is a good accountability because the Holy Spirit dwells in me and He is God and He is there with me. This is good. If we think we can just shut it off for a while and say, okay, God's not going to know about this, so we'll, blank, we'll just take care of this for a while. No, there's no place we can go. This is what our verse says. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my beds in the depths, you are there. Look at the next verse. If I rise, our choir sang about this, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, what is that? What is the wings of the dawn here? Where is dawn, by the way? Where will dawn be tomorrow morning? North, south, east, or west? East. And then, so what the thought here is, I can go to the heavens, I can go to the grave. I can go north, I can go south. I can go east, or if I settle on the far side of the sea, and in the Hebrew the indication is the great sea to the west. And that's where the sea was for, for David. The sea was to the west. It was the Mediterranean Sea. I can go north. I can go south. I can go east. I can go west. It doesn't matter. Wherever I go, if I settle on the far, even there. Now, but now look at this. 
First he says, I can't flee from God's presence. Yes, that's caution. But he says here, even there, notice, your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. Is that a comfort or a caution? That's a comfort. See, this, this verse here that we're going to memorize this week is, is good. It's a wonderful comfort to know that God's hand is with us all the time. There, and, I, and I remind people this, you know, when we, we've had memorial services this last week, you know, and our, not week, the week before last, two of them. And we think of this when our dear ones whom we love leave us for, for, for the presence of God. And, and we are reminded there is never a split second that they are out of God's hand. That's why there's no fear. Not a split second. You know, again, Pastor Schutz, when memorial service, just refer to the fact it'd be like walking from this room to the next room. There is no darkness. There is no second where, where God has, has left, have left, left them. There's not a split second there out of God's hand. There will never be a split second in your life. If God knows, if God has your blueprint, I like that thought. I like that. I like that blueprint thought that our lives are, the book is the blueprint. And that every breath I take and my last breath, whatever it is, God already knows. It's already in God's blueprint for me. It's, it, it, it's a wonderful comfort to know that God loves me so much, cares about us so much. It's a sad thing to be an agnostic. Yes, it's sad to be an atheist, but it's a sad thing to be an agnostic and say, there might be a God, but it doesn't really matter. We would never know. Yes, we do know. God knows everything. God loves us so much, there's not a split second we are out of His care. And also, there is no time that we can set God aside and say, yeah, excuse me for a while while I take care of this or I do this. I know this is not going to please you, but this I'll be back. No. Where could I go? Could I go to the heavens? No. Could I go to the depths? God's there. Could I go to the east? God's there. Could I go to the west? God's there. And in fact, God is there so he can guide me, so he can put his hand around me. And take me. Man, we, we worship a wonderful, wonderful God, don't we? God is so wonderful. My frame wasn't hidden. He knit me together in the womb when I was born and drew my first breath. Verse 17, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Right to count them. They would outnumber the grains of the sand. And I, this next one was kind of interesting. Because I was reading this in this Hebrew Bible, I mean the Jewish translation is in English. And it doesn't say when I wake, it says, I end and I'm still with you. And I looked at that, where did it come from? And it's, it's this, I, the Hebrew word, there's really, there's really nothing there. It just says, where I'd count them, the word, the, the, it would outnumber the grains of the sand. And I, and, and you are there. And the idea is, when I quit counting, when I end, I guess it's when I wake up and I quit counting, and I say, you're there. I end. You are there. And then he goes on to talk about his enemies. And let's close with this. We'll have communion together. Search me, verse 23. Search me. 
this is King David. And King David was not perfect. We know that. But he was a man after God's own heart. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God's presence is a comfort. It's a caution. It's a wonderful, wonderful truth that our Bible teaches us. We're going to go to communion at this time. As we do so, I'm going to ask our elders to come forward. I want you to prepare your hearts because, you know, I mentioned to you, the elders can come forward. I mentioned to you that when I take my last breath, there will never be a time I am outside of God's hand. And as we come to communion, the Apostle Paul tells us, we are actually, this is a time, you know, we gather the first day of the week, which is Resurrection Sunday. But he says, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death. This, this is about the Lord's death. And this is, this is part of our Christian story, that Jesus died and shed his blood for us. And we have to come and, and, and consider, what did that mean? What did that mean on the cross of Calvary when the Lord cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, eternal, eternal. What did that mean? He loved us so much that he went through that on the cross of Calvary so that we would not have to ever go through that. We will never have to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We've just talked about, you can't get away from God. God never leaves us. What did that mean? I want you to think about that and the depths of that as we share together. We're going to pass the bread to you and ask you just hold it for a moment and meditate and consider, pray, and give God thanks for what he did for us. We are told in the Gospels, and the Apostle Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians, the night the Lord was betrayed, he took bread. He broke it into pieces, gave it to each of his disciples, and he told them, take and eat this bread. This is my body, which is given for you. And Paul says, as we eat this bread, let it be a reminder to us, it's a part of a whole, the body of Christ. We are part of the whole. And it's because he gave his life for us and satisfied God's anger and justice against sin because he chose to love us so much. Let's eat it together and have a quiet moment of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as we partake of this small piece of bread, we realize that around this globe today, myriads of believers in Jesus Christ and all sorts of circumstances have shared in this reminder. We reach our hands across the globe. We reach our hands back to the beginning of the story with our brothers and sisters who have lived, served, and died and are in your presence. We are one. And we are looking forward to that wonderful day that the millions of believers will stand before the throne and rejoice Because Jesus Christ 
died for us and gave his body for our sins. We thank you. We thank you. Amen. read earlier that the psalmist said that, God, your thoughts are just too wonderful for me. I cannot begin to understand them. When we think about this principle of God's presence being in the heavens and in the grave, the dawn to the dusk. I thought about our Lord Jesus Christ and what was said about him. We studied this as we studied Acts together. And both Peter and later the Apostle Paul both appealed to this from the Old Testament. And they said that God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death. Why? Because it was impossible for death to keep him and to keep his hold on him. And then David says, and Peter says, David said this about Jesus. And he takes this 16th Psalm, uh, this Psalm that is inscribed in some synagogues on the ark, the place where the Torah, the scrolls are kept. So they see it every week. David says, this was written about Jesus. I saw the Lord always before me. Because he is my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. My tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope. Why? Because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And David says, you will not abandon me to the grave or let your Holy One see decay. Our Lord Jesus Christ was not abandoned by God. God was there with him. He rose from the dead by the power of God, sits at his right hand, and he is coming again. And we proclaim today, as we drink this small amount of grape juice, that we remember his blood was shed for us, and he is coming again. What a glorious day that will be. Let's drink this with joy, and let's have a quiet moment of reflection and give God thanks for how much he loves us. Father, we thank you. I reflect back just a few months ago as we were in Jerusalem and we're there at the empty tomb and reminded every time this empty cup reminds us of the empty tomb. You are not there. You rose from the dead. We will rise from the dead or we will rise and be changed if you come before we die. What a wonderful day that will be. You love us so much. And Father, I am thankful today that you know everything about me. And there is nowhere I could flee from your presence. There is nowhere where I will go where your hand will not be with me and guide me and take care of me and my family and my friends and these dear ones here. We love you. We thank you. And we are glad today to be your family. In Christ's name we pray together. Amen. This Sunday, we uh, like to re- take a, re- a retiring offering 
And this is simply for our helping fund. We have what we call a benevolent fund at our church that assists at the elders' discretion to use to help in various needs. So if you are able this morning as you leave, there will be some plates in the narthex. Anything you put in there will go toward our helping fund. Be sure to pick up your little packet of verses. The ladies are taking sign-ups for the uh, ladies' retreat. They're back there as well in the, booth, in the table back there. I don't know about you, but throughout the week, I have to admit, I get complaining. You ever complain? Hey, I'm, I'm glad you don't. But I, I, I you know, I find myself, I, I read too much news. I get too, I get too much input. And uh, it's easy to complain about disunity in politics, trouble in the world, things in our neighborhood, you name it. But when I come to church and I spend this time with you, uh, I'm uplifted. And I go home, you know what? There has never been a better time to be alive as Christians than there is today. You know that? Come on now. It's true. I wouldn't lie to you. Listen, we have more at our disposal. There is no excuse for this generation to not be able to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have more at our disposal. God has placed more in our hands. We have more resources. We have the Bible we can get the Bible out electronically to people who could never have a Bible today. They could have it on their phone in places where it's not legal. This is a wonderful time to be alive. Our, church, our region has talked for years about a church plant. We are starting. We're doing it. we got some wonderful plans for our future here at this church. This is a great time to be alive. Come on, let's smile. Let's leave today rejoicing. Let's leave to be rejoicing that we can raise our children in the things of God. We can help celebrate our young people. Look forward to new life coming into our church family. It's a good time to be alive. Let's not complain. Let's rejoice. Father, we thank you. You're so good. You love us so much. You know everything about us and how wonderful that is. You know exa- the, things, the things that we are worried about today. And there are legitimate worries today, Lord. We've shared some in prayer today. There are some real concerns, some real health concerns. Some have financial concerns. There's relationship concerns. God, you already know. You already know how every one of those is going to end. Because our blueprints were written by you. We need to trust you. We need to follow you. We need to do what you tell us to do. And we need to have the faith of a child and trust you. May we leave this place rejoicing, trusting, loving, and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ this first day of the week, Resurrection Sunday. Amen.